So welcome, Udo, to the uh, the Muslim Care Center podcast, which uh, uh, the focus of this, uh, we do in the, the form of this podcast, talk about mental health and addiction, but overall health does inform mental health issues and, and obviously a propensity to addiction. And so, Udo, please uh, yeah. introduce yourself and uh, your background and... Uh, and we can go from there. Okay, my background is uh, I was born in Europe during the Second World War. So I had the, the war experience as a child. Uh, anxiety, depression, I'm very familiar with. Uh, fear, I'm very familiar with. Confusion, I'm very familiar with. And I, uh, I, everything was so chaotic in my early childhood that I always wanted to find out how things work because if you know how things work, then you can depend on them in a certain way. And so when it came to going to get educated, I got into science to understand how things work. Then I got into bioscience to understand how creatures work. Then I got into uh, uh, psychology to find out how thinking works. Then I got into medicine for a year to find out how health works, but I only learned about disease. So I left and went back into uh, uh, genetics and biochemistry because in biology, you learn what health is because you're studying normal functioning of normal creatures. And then eventually I left university and got into self-knowledge because I actually needed to know how I work. So that's my background. Anything that has to do with health, with life, with nature and with human nature is, is my territory. Fantastic. And and how I connected with you, I think over 12 years ago, uh, through a mutual friend, um, uh, at that time, I was with a medical device company. And we had a product called the Digital Pulse Analyzer. And uh, Andrew Banawira, who's our mutual friend, he, uh, uh, the strategy was, let's see if, uh, if uh, we can do a before and after for folks with uh, heart disease and, and arterial problems and arterial circulation. And once mm -hmm. Uh, folks, uh, uh, try your product, which is Udo Soil. And obviously, for those that don't know what that is, and 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 just to reference, you are a best-selling author, Fats That Heal, Fats That Kill. Maybe let's talk about that book and your what happened okay. to you to inspire you to that work, that product, and and we'll go from there. Right. So so the so I gave you the the, the long story. Uh, out of that story came my interest in life has always been there must be a way that human beings can live in harmony and I'm going to find out how this is I figured that out when I was six years old so that's been my driver all my life and anything that makes quality of life better for people I'm interested in in and it could be physical could be mental could be spiritual could be could be environmentally could be social <clears throat> so any of that is, is interesting to me. How I got into physical health, uh, other than I had the background in the sciences, I got married and my marriage ended and I was really upset. So I wanted to kill something because I was really upset. And so I took a job as a pesticide sprayer. Well, the reason we make pesticides is to kill living things. That's their only function. And so I took a job as a pesticide sprayer. I sprayed them very carelessly. Uh, I got poisoned by them three years later. And I went to the doctor and said, what do you have for pesticide poisoning? And very quick, very short answer, very clear answer, nothing. 
So they had nothing for pesticide poisoning. So I said, okay, I'm going to try and figure it out myself. Obviously, I stopped spraying pesticides. <laughs> but then I got interested in how can I heal myself? And I went into the research journals. There were 600,000 research studies in the, in the database. And I didn't read them all, but I read all the most important one. And <clears throat> I was thinking the body's made out of food. So the quality of your what you put in it is going to make a difference to how well it works because it's made out of food, air, and water. <clears throat> That's all the body's made from. And so I also knew that every year, 98% of the atoms in your body are removed and replaced. And that means that if you're sick and you want to get healthy and you decide to raise your standard of intake of food, quality of food, quality of water, quality of air, then it, within one year, you can have rebuilt 98% of your body to a higher standard. And the other 2%, they'll take up to maybe not one year, but maybe five or maybe even seven. And so the idea is if I raise my standards, then I can heal myself. But then I have to know what the standards are. So I read everything I could about health and disease and, and, and uh, sorry, health and nutrition, disease and nutrition. And I got stuck on fats when I realized the, the fats the essential fatty acids, the essential nutrients that we have to get from fats are the most sensitive of all of the nutrients in our, in our diet. And they are damaged by light, by oxygen, and by heat. And they need to be treated with the most care of any nutrients. But we actually treat them with the least care because we throw them in frying pans, in, in, in cookers. And then we boil the oil, burn the food, burn the oil, and burning food, whether it's starch or protein or fats, burning them, heating them to frying temperature is associated with more inflammation, which is behind the, the majority of our major degenerative diseases and associated with more cancer. And I, I looked at that and I said, you know, I had cancer to look forward to because pesticides cause cancer too. And I said, I can't get healthy on oils like that. We should make them with health in mind. That was in 1980 when I got poisoned. 1981, it was established that omega-3s are essential nutrients, which means your body can't make them. You have to have them to live and be healthy. You got to get them from outside. If you don't get enough, your health will deteriorate. You will get deficiency symptoms. They are degenerative in nature. You literally, your body falls apart and the symptoms get worse with time. And if you don't get enough long enough, you die. So these are the, the essential building blocks for body construction that life needs to make a body that works. And you have to have them. And the third part, this is the good part, is if you're deteriorating, if your health is deteriorating because you're not getting enough of an essential nutrient, but before you die, you bring enough of it back into the diet, then all of the problems that come from not getting enough are reversed and you get your health back because life knows how to build that healthy body. If you take responsibility for making sure right here that you, all the building blocks that, that are essential 
that the body can't make land in your body so life can use them to do its work. And, and so I decided we should make oils with health in mind. And then I found out that 99% of the population doesn't get enough omega-3s. They're the most sensitive. They're five times more sensitive than the, the omega-6 uh, oils. These are the two essential fatty acids. And, and I thought, oh my God, we could help so many people if we could make oils with health in mind instead of damaging them by processing and could bring the missing omega-3s back into the diet. And I, I got so fired up. I mean, we went off like firecracker. And after that, I spent like, it's been since 1980. So 1986, I started traveling and, and teaching about oils and health. So that's like what, 34 years now, 35 years this year. So wow. I've been talking about that, gone to 40 countries and basically talking about how oils affect health. And of all of the nutrients, 99, you know, they are the, the, the nutrients that are most often deficient. So fundamentally, I said, we could help just about everybody because 99% of the population doesn't get enough. Every cell needs them. If your cells don't get enough, then there's gotta be symptoms that come from that all over the body. And the research now says when you increase omega-3s in your diet, provided that they're not damaged and don't contain toxic pesticides and industrial chemicals, you can improve virtually every major degenerative condition of our time. They're not a cure because other things make your body break down too, but they will cure anything that comes from not getting enough omega-3s. And, and you know what's amazing, Udo, is uh, you and I met uh, after some time about a week ago, mm -hmm. and uh, I'd been telling you that I, I had inflammation in my body, like I'm in my 40s, and, and then mm -hmm. you said something amazing. You said, uh, um, I don't know if you want to t say your age or not, but uh, you're uh, mm -hmm. sure. older than me, and, and you basically said- A lot that older. <laughs> you, you were saying, I have no pain in my yeah, body. I, yeah, it's true. When I was 38, that was the, that's how old I was when I was poisoned. When I was 38, before I got poisoned, I already had arthritis in my knees and it wasn't wow. like really severe yet. But if I, if I bent my knees, you know, standing up and just put a little bit of pressure on my knees, they hurt. Wow. Now I'm, now I'm 78. I have no problems with any of my joints. I have no inflammation. I have no pain anywhere in my body, except when I bang into something, because I still do that sometimes. And, right. and you'd mentioned you'd mentioned uh, something years ago, and I always remember fried foods, fry health. Yes. And, yeah. And we, I, I, go ahead, please. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, if you look at how you know, nature's mandate for the, all the creatures on the planet was fresh, whole, raw, organic, in season, local food, everything raw whether it's the birds or the, or the dogs or the cats or the elephants or the, the tigers or the zebras and the, and the deer, everything eats its food fresh, whole, raw. Except us, we thought we were smarter than the creator. We invented frying. And the worst thing we've ever invented to do to our food in terms of health is to fry, is to, is to 
use oils for frying our foods. Because when you burn foods, you change natural molecules into unnatural molecules. And those unnatural molecules didn't exist in the food supply in nature. And therefore life never made a genetic program to break them down, metabolize them or detoxify them. And so then they pile up in your body and when enough of them pile up in your body, well, every molecule that is, that is not natural ends up going somewhere place in your body and interfering, taking up space and interfering with what's supposed to be going on there. And you do that with enough molecules, you start to feel the symptoms. Because if you only have one toxic molecule in your entire body, you probably wouldn't notice, even though it would still be doing some damage. But you do enough of that and in, in fact, in a tablespoon of cooking oil, you will get 60 quintillion damaged molecules, which is more than a million damaged molecules for every one of the body's 60 trillion cells. And you, do, and you take two to four tablespoons, so you got to multiply that out. And then if you fry them, you got to multiply that by another factor of three to six. And if you do that for five or 10 or 15 or 30 years, do you think maybe they're because they pile up and, li and, and life doesn't know, the immune system doesn't know how to get rid of them very easily, do you think it would make a difference to your health? Oh yeah, of course. And all three, whether you burn starch or you burn protein or you overheat oils, they increase inflammation and they increase risk of cancer. And that's just, that's established in research. It's well known. And, 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 and yet, you... You, you recommended uh, uh, raw vegetables. And so after I met with you and I, I did it for a few days and then I reverted back to my, my old ways. But, but for what, what I did was I followed your advice. So I got the mm -hmm. raw broccoli, mm -hmm. um, I got tahini, I got cayenne <laughs> pepper uh, yeah. because the cayenne pepper oh, yeah. and the tahini made it easier to eat uh, uh -huh. just with a bit of flavor. Yeah. And, and so the days that I had the broccoli, mm -hmm very quickly my body started to feel less pain and that now now it's been a few days since i i've taken the broccoli out of the and back to my normal eating habits and now the stiffness the pain uh, is is coming back and just the one addition of a significant amount of broccoli and then just taking that out and then mm -hmm. i i can see how stiff and uh, mm. painful i'm becoming so are you so you're addicted to pain <laughs> to living in pain <laughs> and 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 it is a commitment because a lot of folks when 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 somebody says have a raw food diet uh mm -hmm. you know most people because we're all conditioned majority of human beings we have cooked food and for us to think about having raw food without uh cooking it it's it's, it's a, for for myself uh, families from from india from pakistan you know mm -hmm. our foods are are heavily cooked heavily oiled heavily fried and as a result, uh, you know, now that I'm in my 40s, I'm finding my health, weight gain, all that sort of thing has mm -hmm. been exacerbated. So even just the simplest thing, where when, when you put your hands to your mouth, that this is the first part, whatever goes into your mouth is going to affect your body. Mm -hmm. And for weight gain, for mental health issues, you know, in terms of the fats that you've developed and, and the, the the specific oils, mm -hmm. like maybe just for the audience to, to that 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 are from countries where a raw food diet is not common, right? Uh, what would be your recommendations taking that into account? <clears throat> okay, so you've asked. There's several questions in what you just said. Uh, so first of all, 
<clears throat> I know in India, and in, I've been there uh, in various places, China, there is, there is contamination, bacteria, and, you know, microbes that, that are toxic. And so they have to cook their food. Well, you can cook your food in water, and you won't burn the food. And you stir it because otherwise you can burn it on the bottom of of, a, of your of your pot, but <clears throat> you can you can kill all of the bacteria, and that's better than creating toxins with oils. The reason we use oils so much is the oil industry is only about 120 years old. It only started around 1900. The big oil industry. There was a little oil here. They used lard and they cooked in lard and, you know, uh, beef fat and stuff like that. But the oil industry began about 1900. And the reason we switched to cooking in oil is because the industry promoted that. They didn't tell us it was bad for, from a health perspective. They were interested in higher sales. So they promoted it. And our parents said, oh yeah, well, it's a little quicker. So it saves me time and you know, people are really busy. And, and so they bought it because they didn't realize what the problems were. And then they passed on the habit to the kids. And now it's pretty much everywhere I go, everywhere I go, India, China, uh, Japan, uh, all over Europe, all over North America, uh, all over Africa. I've, I've been to some places in Africa. Everybody uses oils for frying. And the industry is a huge industry. It's like a hundred billion a year, probably bigger than that. And so, so, so if you need to cook the food because of contamination, then you can do that with water. Then you want to add because you you get rid of uh, friendly bacteria when you cook foods. You need to replace the friendly bacteria. We call them probiotics, and you also get. Uh, destroy the enzymes that are present in raw food that do half of the digestion of the food for you. And it's one of the reasons why you feel better on raw foods. Well, you have to replace those as well if you're going to cook your foods because you lose those two. And then you take the good oils made with health in mind. Uh, the first one we developed was flaxseed oil, but it's unbalanced. So I work with a blend called Udo's oil that has nine ingredients all made with health in mind, all organic. And you take those oils, not for frying, but you cook your food in water or you eat it raw and you add the oil to the food after it comes off the heat. You do not want to fry, because if you fry these oils, they're very, very sensitive. They're super good for energy and energy is super good for healing. But if you fry them, they get more toxic than if you fry with butter or ghee or, <clears throat> or something like that. And that's because the reason why they're so perishable is the same reason why they're so good for you. Because they are, they're high energy molecules. The, of all of the molecules in our food, the one with the highest energy is omega-3. We call it the God molecule because energy is divine in, in some formulations of explanations of how things work. So, so and, and what I noticed when I started using those oils, my energy level went up. We worked with athletes. We measured their performance to exhaustion 
before they started the oil, and then a month after they took a tablespoon per 50 pounds of body weight per day, mixed in their food and the intake spread out over the course of the day. Well, within 30 days of doing that, their performance to exhaustion went up by 40 to 60%. And they give your glands more energy, they give your muscles more energy, they give your brain more energy, people become smarter, people process things better, uh, their skin becomes nicer because they form a barrier in the skin against the loss of moisture. They, they keep bones stronger. They make the hormones work more effectively at the cell receptor level. Super important during pregnancy because out of those omega-3s, the body makes brain fats. The brain is a very fat, rich organ. We are fat heads. And uh, and, the, the, uh, and they are required when a woman is pregnant, she needs to maintain her own brain, which is made largely of fats. And then she's building a whole new brain in her womb. And so she needs to have omega-3s and omega-6s undamaged in her diet, very important in pregnancy. And most women don't get enough omega-3, not even for their own health, never mind for the health of the kid. And people have shown that the kid will deplete the mother of, of, of omega-3s in the brain. And uh, each child depletes the mother further. And each child gets less than the previous child. And that's why if you measure the, the intelligence of all of the kids, like in a, in a whole country, the oldest is the smartest and intelligence goes down with each child and the youngest is the dumbest in that sense. Dumbest, not, not dumbest, you know, but, and that's not always the case because there are also genetic factors, but there's a, a, a very consistent food factor in the determination of intelligence. So, and, you know, and they make hair and nails grow better. They make vision better. Uh, what else have I missed? They're required for liver and kidney function. They improve digestion. They improve gut function. I mean, literally every part of the body. And would you say, Udo, like uh, cognitive issues, uh, depression, anxiety, yes. fear, worry, <laughs> doubt, that, that the, the vicious circle of uh, a poor diet, uh, lack of exercise, uh, kind of causing these cognitive uh, mental health issues, depression. And then when people mm -hmm. have these issues, some folks to drugs and alcohol to change their state and mm -hmm. so it seems like everything kind of fits either in a virtuous circle of doing all the right things or mm -hmm. a vicious circle of doing all mm -hmm. the wrong things mm -hmm. but okay so there are two there are two two things you have to look at with depression anxiety and mental illness and addiction one has to do with energy levels and the omega-3s give you the energy. If you optimize your intake of omega-3s, tablespoon per 50 pounds of body weight per day, mixed in food, spread out over the course of the day. And I would say Udo's oil because it's properly balanced and it's got all the good stuff and none of the bad stuff that comes from fats. So if you, if you take that much, your energy level will go up. And that's because that's kind of takes you in the direction of inspiration and you cannot be inspired and depressed at the same time. And inspiration is about energy. When you have lots of energy, you feel more competent, you feel more capable, you learn faster, 
you can change habits more easily because sometimes you get in a thinking rut and it's hard to climb out of that rut, especially if you don't feel like you have much energy. So that's one issue that improves mood. And they do, there's research that shows that uh, omega-3s elevate mood and lift depression. But there's another part and that has to do with what we're thinking. I have a friend who's very wise who once said, you know, he said, the ability to think is God's gift to you. What you think about is your gift to yourself. And when we get involved in negativity, you know, we, I mean, you can live, see, we you live in Canada. I live in a house. I live in a little place. My, my television feeds me bad news all the time. It doesn't talk about all the good things that people are doing. So if I focus on that, I spend a lot of time in front of that. It programs me in a negative way. If my, if my parents always criticize me, you know, they're trying to make me better that way. But the truth is when you get criticized all the time, you lose your sense of yourself and then you become negative too. Can be, can, not everybody does, but can. <clears throat> so, and if I tell myself that I'm not good enough, often enough, then I will just not feel that good about myself. And if I tell myself that nobody loves me or, or you know, I'm useless, you know, just things people say to you. Sometimes your friends tell you stuff like that too. <clears throat> or people who don't like what you're doing because it's not serving their agenda, then they'll, then they'll you know, they'll criticize you. So th the way to deal with that is you have to program yourself. And the way I do that, there, I mean, there, you can go to places like Tony Robbins and, you know, there are motivational speakers and they will tell you, you know, if you're thinking bad, then say cancel, 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 and say the opposite and then practice saying the opposite. And that helps to some extent. The way I like to do it is I like to step out of my, out of my thinking and into deeper in, into the energy and into the awareness that is deep inside. That is my source. That is where my God lives. That is where my life comes from. And the feeling of that directly, experientially, beyond thoughts is where I want to take my sense of myself from. Because that's, because that life, that energy loves my body unconditionally and takes care of it the best it can if I'm not helping it, if I'm not living in line with nature, the best it can, 24 seven, 365 lifelong, never complains, never asks for a raise, never goes on strike, never puts me down. And even if I say, I hate my life, my life continues to love me unconditionally, love my body unconditionally through all of that. And even if I'm anxious or I'm depressed or, or I'm confused or I'm nervous or I'm whatever is going on in my head and what I'm thinking about, independent of that, life takes the molecules that go through my digestive tract that are needed somewhere in the body, maybe in my left ankle, life will make sure that that molecule gets absorbed from the food, gets taken to my left ankle where it's needed, 
And in the meantime, I may be just complaining and, you know, completely distracted and, and completely negative. And my negativity affects my mood, but it doesn't affect that, that molecule going to my left ankle because life is taking care of that. Life, you know, life, the, the energy that when it separates from the body, the body is finished. And that energy is taking care of my body over and over and over and again. And when I feel that energy, first of all, it feels good. Second of all, when I think about what it does, I become pretty grateful, you know, and you can't be grateful and depressed at the same time either. And you can't and, be, you can't be anxious and, and, and grateful at the same time either. And would you say that with, with regards to taking care of your health in the manner that you had mentioned with, with the type of proper nutrition, but mm -hmm. then also you can eat the most organic, the most healthy, but your overall health, if it's dominated by negative thoughts and emotions, then as healthy as you're eating. Uh, so by being healthy, I guess the point I'm trying to make by in the manner that you mentioned uh, eating uh, uh, raw vegetables and mm -hmm. healthy fats, and that actually serves to help you think better and have better emotions so you can access these holistic states of, 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 of accessing the heart. And we have this... Uh, verse in the Quran, uh, which says, lo, the contentment of heart lies in the thicket of Allah, the remembrance of Allah, meaning my interpretation, I could be wrong, in the heart. And so by, by kind of having that contemplation of our creator, contemplation of, of being connected to the all-powerful, it, it does serve as, as, a, as, as a very peaceful uh, way of being. And then gratitude is another uh, and another verse in the Quran that says, uh, mm -hmm. those that make shukr or are grateful, I will give you more. So mm -hmm. it's almost like all of these things are all intertwined is, is, is how you physically feel affects the way that you think and the way that you feel and, and all of it works together and nothing can be siloed. It, it seems like to get all these to work together in the most holistic manner, you have to bring them all into play. Uh, yeah, I, but I would say that the most important is what you just talked about. You know, all of the masters and all of the great teachers of humanity over the ages have always said, first, well, they, first, find the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of heaven is within you. Now, they all said it in different ways, but that's pretty much, I think, a common message. Do that first, because when you do that, everything else will start f falling into place. Because when I feel the contentment and the peace and the love that is, that is sustaining me inside, then I have energy, then I'm okay. Then if I need to make changes in my habits, they're not that hard to make because I, because I feel good and, <clears throat> and I, I like being alive. And I want to be alive and healthy as long as I can, because I enjoy my life. But if I'm not doing that, and I'm not feeling joy in my life, then I head in the direction of depression. And depression is lower and lower energy. You know, you start with energy inspiration, then you get less energy if you're not doing your homework, your, I call it the inner homework. 
And then you start getting more and more depressed. And when you get depressed enough, you're not going to change habits. And if you get really, really, really depressed, people will destroy their own body. So I, I think instead of saying, let's eat the food, let's eat good food, and then everything else will fall into place. I think it works more effectively if you put the heart in place and then making the food changes that sustain your body and keep you physically healthy. And that will also add to your confidence because you feel good. They will become much easier to do. What people do when they're not inspired, often they'll get addicted to drugs. Why? Because they feel better on drugs than they feel off drugs. So if you want to get them off drugs, then you have to say, then you have to ask yourself, okay, what could that person be feeling that is better than drugs? And the only thing I know ultimately that is better than feeling drugs is feeling the love of the creator inside, is feeling the love of life inside. Doesn't matter to me what you call it. Feeling the love of Allah inside, feeling, you know, feeling privileged that dust and water and air got all mixed together into your human form and you get to live for a time in the human experience, right? Because water is interesting, but not that interesting. Air is interesting, but not that interesting. Earth is interesting, but not that interesting. But when you mix them together into this magnificent, the mixture of water, air, and dust, and earth, to have a human being that can feel sadness and can feel love, that can carry, carry babies around on their back or their, in their arms, that can sleep, that can do all the things that it's possible for a human being to do. Those are, those are the gifts given by the creator through the creation of that mixture that we call a human being. And, and you mentioned something in the beginning, and, and that, that was very well said. And the distractions we have with news, and then mm -hmm. uh, a lot of our youth today and a lot of adults uh, addicted to video games. And then video games, of course. Yeah. Pornography, um, news, right. and uh, all sorts of things that are really taking people outside of their inner self. And so when, when, uh, when uh, these kind of outward kind of addictions, so again, video games, entertainment, um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, all, all sorts of things that are taking away uh, from our own inner kind of connect connectivity, but yeah. looking to the outside for entertainment, for what we see and what we hear yeah. and, and what we smell and taste and, and, and really trying to indulge the senses rather than that inner connection, that inner spiritual connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, Google can get you everything except yourself, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, Google, I, this is true. And, and how does that happen? See, when, when you're in your mother's womb, this is like how the human journey goes. When you're in your mother's womb, there's nowhere to go. There's nothing to see. Everything is taken care of and it's safe. And when you're in that place, your awareness has had no place to go. So your awareness is inside of you at rest, in its source, in life, in you. And you're floating, I call it the Buddha tank. I suppose you could call it the Allah tank or 
but but I call it the Buddha tank because it sounds interesting, right? It doesn't sound so good to call it the Jesus tank. So so I call it the Buddha tank. And Buddha talked about enlightenment. So to be filled with light, to be to be filled, and actually every human being is filled with light. But our our focus is not in inside, so we don't see that light. Our focus is outside. But when you're in the womb, your focus is inside and you live in the light. And then when you get born, then you come into the world, you have to get to know the world and your awareness goes out through your senses to get to know the world, because that's important for survival. You have to figure out what is friend, what is foe and what is irrelevant. And whenever something changes, your awareness is always drawn out to it. And, and you make that assessment. Do I go close, closer to it? Do I run from it? Or do I just ignore it because it's, it's not relevant to my survival? And so we become very good at that. And in the process, we become present outside in our awareness, in our focus of our awareness, and absent inside. And from that absent insight, from that disconnection, comes what I call heartache, or emptiness, or restlessness, or uh, you know, blues, or loneliness, or uh, um, I mean, I have ten pages of different, you know, sorrow, loss, feeling of loss, grieving. Feel them in our chest. That is actually, if you go behind it. So we don't like the feeling. So that becomes our driving force. How do we fix it? Oh, if I make a million dollars. Oh, if I get the girl. Oh, if oh, if I get good marks. Oh, if I take drugs. Oh, if I do video games. I get distracted from that emptiness. And it feels maybe better to be distracted than to be empty. But when the distraction stops, then I'm back to that feeling of loss of of my of myself and because we go out into the world automatically is why we live in distraction is why we're looking for everything on the outside when we actually have it on the inside and the issue is for human beings because trees don't have this problems they never go out out in their awareness they're always present in their presence dogs or animals they go out and they go back to themselves we go out and we get in our head. And so we live disconnected from our heart in our head. And the journey back is not automatic because the attraction of our awareness, the movement of our awareness is to something that's changing, but there's nothing changing on the inside. You know, there's 100% perfect peace in the core of my being, in the core of every human being. 100% unconditional love in every human being, in the life energy. But they're not going, hey, look at me, look at me. So we don't pay attention. We pay attention to what says outside. Look at me, something changes. It's why, why TV is addicting. They just make the, the lights flicker and the pictures flicker and we're attracted to that. So what we have to, so as close as we get to reconnecting to the only thing that is more powerful than drug addiction and our, all our other addictions and distractions is the ache of the heart, the pain that we feel in our chest when we sit still. And that gets us really close. It's the greatest gift we have other than being alive. And when we sit with that ache, 
that far behind the egg, less than a hair's breadth behind that egg is our fulfillment, is the fulfillment that makes drugs unnecessary, that makes wars unnecessary, that makes all the crazy stuff that we've been doing on the planet for 200,000 years unnecessary. And we've done all of this damage because we never did our homework. We never sat with that egg. We never asked, what is that? It is the feeling of loss of ourselves that it happened when after we were born. And it is our heart calling our awareness to come back home inside to its source in life. And when that's in place, then you have choice. Then you're not addicted. Then you can, then you can see things you could do, but not need to not have to do just because just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. And when you enjoy your life and you feel that fullness of being present in the space that your body occupies, then you don't expect your wife to fulfill it or your husband to fulfill it for you. Then you don't expect that having a bigger car or a bigger house is going to make you more whole because it won't because you're already whole. It's just your awareness wandered off. It's just your focus wandered off. So there, in a way, every problem that, in the, that, that we have created and we've created them all, we human beings have it, that we've created in the world Every one of those problems began with disconnection from the heart, heartless thoughts, heartless words, heartless actions with heartless consequences. And every one of those problems is made better if we get, we as individuals get a little closer to the heart and then bring that to expression into the world. And when we all live in our heart, because we all do our homework, because we have pressure to do that homework, because we're destroying everything, the environment, the politics, the relationships, our health, and everything else. When we do that homework, and we live in the heart, and 8 billion people do that, then all of those problems that we put so much energy into trying to address will actually evaporate. The solution is individual. The global solution is individual. And and Udo, would you say yeah. that obviously that relationship with ourself yeah. as the priority, uh, when we're whole and complete and feeling that love and gratitude within and without uh, as our internal spiritual practice, our relationships with our spouse, with our children, with society. Yeah. So... It, in essence, and even our health, overall health, and, and whether that healthy food and, and fats that we eat, all of it emanates from if we are have that relationship with ourselves in that manner that you described, that feeling of wholeness, that feeling of, 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 of being connected with our heart, that, uh, that really all the other things become a byproduct of that healthy uh, individual care and love for oneself and that mm. emanates outward to everybody else mm. yeah let me give you an example just that i think it's a nice example when i do my homework and i feel peace then i can sit here wherever i am and i actually can see oh my god peace has always been everywhere peace has always been everywhere 
There has never been a place in space or in time that was not filled with peace. But the thing is, I only know that when I'm in peace. If I'm angry instead, then I look at the same world that is filled with peace. And I say, oh, there must be some enemies lurking here. And then I start to identify energy. And maybe because I'm a white guy, I'll say, well, it's the, it's the black guys. Or because I'm a, you know, come from a Christian culture, I say, oh, it's Islam, right? Or Buddhism or certain habits or certain cultures or certain situations. So I start to find out of my discontent and out of the anger that I feel, I find and I start to identify enemies. And then once I've dis, dis, uh, identified the enemies, then I begin to treat them like enemies. And then I'm actually creating people who are not enemies into enemies by my behavior, right? Now, if I was not angry, but I was afraid, I would look at that same world that is completely filled with peace. And I would say, wow, it's dangerous. And then I will look for where the danger is. And then I will not do what needs to be done because I'll be hiding from the danger that I've created out of my fear. And then I will live a very different life. So here, here I am, same person, same universe. If I feel peace, which I can, or if I feel anger, which I can, or I feel fear, which I can, and you could add all of the other emotional states that are possible and the states of being that are possible, I will create a completely different world. And the world we've created came out of discontent. And we're always trying to make it better. And we're always hoping that what we do when we get, when we succeed at what we do, we will feel whole again. We will feel content again. And it won't happen because you can't, you can't fix the, in, the, the discontent, the internal discontent that comes from our internal disconnection from life and God. You can't fix that on the outside. You have to reconnect on the inside. And that's what I call homework. And that requires taking time to sit still, taking time to feel present in your own life, to, to make time because something will always be calling you to run after it. Everything that changes, oh, what's that? Oh, what's that? Oh, listen to that. Oh, what about that? Oh, I feel this. Oh, I feel that. So there's always gonna be something pulling you out and deliberately to make time to get quiet. And in that stillness is where Allah lives, is where the wisdom of Muhammad came from. Out of that stillness, all of the wisdom in the world comes from, and in that wisdom are all the potential, all the possibilities of the kind of world that we could create that works for everyone at the expense of none. And that's not a surface thing, that has to come from the core of human beings. It's there, we're wired for it. It's just a matter of the determination to dig it out. And, so. and would you say that uh, 
with fear and anger and this human propensity to blame and shame yeah. and with racism and you know with with things where race-based hatred or religious-based yeah. hatred when when people are like oh the immigrants or these people of this color or this religion yeah. it's their fault for this they're all like that yeah, yeah and it comes from a place of lack it comes from a place of fear so the perpetrator of racism and the victim of racism the cycle is fear and hate blame and shame and it just yeah. it, it, it's a vicious kind of circle of, of negative energy yeah, we, you know what? That will continue to go on until we do our homework. We each individually on both sides, you know, on both sides of every conflict until we, when we do our homework. Why? Because when I'm in that, when I get into the place of peace and unconditional love in my life, there's only one, there, you know, there's no racism because there's only one race. It's called the human race. Right. And also when I see that in myself and I'm, I've made it real in myself, so I know that it's possible, then I also know that's in you because you're, human, you're a human being, too. And when I feel whole and I feel taken care of, I'm not blaming anybody for anything. What would I blame somebody for when I feel when I feel good? Oh, you know, I could say, oh, Tariq, I blame you for making me feel really good. That kind of blame would be okay, <laughs> right? I mean, now I, I now I'm playing with the word, but but blame, yeah, of course. If blame always comes out of discontent, I have never heard of, read about, or seen an act of violence, or demeaning, or blame or shame perpetuated by anyone on anyone else during a moment of contentment. You have to be discontent to be doing all that stuff. You know, the people, the people that demean you are people who are discontent because they haven't done their homework, because the beauty that's in you is in them, and the beauty that's in them is in you. And if you know, on a on a battlefield, battle takes place in complete peace. Peace is inside of the warriors between the warriors, around the warriors, above the warriors, below the warriors. But that's not where their focus is. Even though they're doing this in a place of perfect peace, they're, what they're focused on is one guy says, you're my enemy, I'm going to kill you. And the other guy says, no, you're my enemy, I'm going to kill you. And then they play that game in a, in a, a, in a place of, of perfect peace. Peace is this is the is the. I would say peace is the most practical attribute of God. It is the foundation of my existence, foundation of your existence, and the foundation of the existence of the of the universe. Same peace, same Allah, same God. And so, everything we do is taking place on this foundation. Everything that goes on, that anybody does, goes on on this foundation of peace. And in our in our <clears throat> Islamic faith, um, we pray five times a day, and mm -hmm. uh, and and the prayers are in Arabic. And and I do believe that the purpose of the prayer is to connect with the Creator, connect with the heart, and 
speaking for myself, I know when I'm doing the prayers, my mind starts to run to multiple different things and, and to really be there. The Arabic uh, uh, translation is called Khushun Kudu, sincerity and devotion in, mm-hmm. in the prayer, like from the heart. And yeah. this concept of, of love and unconditional love or gratitude, like when we read about, uh, you know, the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, or even people like Gandhi or Martin Luther King, people that, that with compassion and love had such influence, such uh, in the face of, of uh, so many uh, problems, uh, even physical harm, and 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 and, but to come back with love, to come mm-hmm. back with uh, with uh, a whole kind of being, and and it, it, you see these kind of leaders, and 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 you realize uh, it, it is so powerful. Uh, but our human tendency to go to the negative and the negative emotion rather than the forgiving, loving emotion, which. Which, which would be the ideal, but it seems like it's rare and, and, and not as common as the negative mm-hmm. emotions. Well, it's not, it's, not, it, it's, it's not easy to do your homework. You know, you can add to Gandhi and, and all of the other people, the prophet and Gandhi and the masters. Why not add Tariq? And why not add Udo to the list? Because what yeah. was in them is also in us. Okay, and, and in terms of you want to build a better world, you have to understand if you want to build a better world, you have to give more than you take. When you take more than you give, that's called greed. When you give more than you take, that might be called love. And you can't, you know, so if, so if somebody hits me and I say, okay, I'm going to hit him back twice, I am going in the wrong direction if building a better world is my goal. You know, if he hit, if if he hits me, and and you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying here let everybody hit you, because if people are dangerous to other people, then we need to put them in a in a an environment called the jail or whatever you call it, that makes that keeps the other people that they harm safe. That's important, but the person who is doing the hitting needs attention as well. Because how did he get that way? He didn't slide out of his mother's body being a violent person. But he became violent. He learned that. And, and so what do we do with that? Because that peace that he thinks he can get through violence is already also in him. And how do we help that person find the peace that then makes the violence disappear because that person a violent person will not do an act of violence on anyone in a moment of having and feeling peace so 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 we so i think we have to give more than we take and we've been taking more than we give for a long time 200,000 years and that's why three quarters of the trees are gone and that's why uh, carbon dioxide is going up and oxygen is going down. And that's why the water tables and all the, all the environmental stuff that's not working. Why is that happening? Because we've taken more than we've given for a very, very long time. There's been 100 billion people on the planet. Most of them took more than they gave. And, it's a, and, and now we're in a turn where there needs to be a transformation that we as a whole 
don't take more than we give, but we as a whole give more than we take. And that we become grateful gardeners on this planet rather than greedy killers. And it's all and based, and it's all based on being able to get in touch with it, with what is whole and what is holy and what is sacred within our own beings. And regardless of, of race, religion, color, and that we're all the same. And I and I think this yep. this common thread <laughs> we're human beings. And in in this age where many people are are uh, getting their biases and beliefs from internet uh, and algorithms that are reinforcing biases and for 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 every human being regardless of religion or color to say hey we are the same uh, but i think uh, we we not only from a health perspective but a lot of people have become experts at looking at the faults of other mm -hmm. community and races and right. religion as as a focus and saying well they're wrong they're this they're that and, mm -hmm. and that that becomes somebody's yeah. identity and and from what you're saying and what our discussion is saying mm -hmm. is that to if all of us were able to really connect with ourselves in that mm -hmm. best loving way possible that would emanate outward to to again our family the the greater community the outside world but yeah. but we're 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 always looking for what's wrong and whose fault it is and who's yeah. to blame and who's to shame and yeah. and and as you said the work and please talk about how do you do the work how do yeah. you do your work okay to be whole? so i want to say one thing just just reminded me when the, you when you say that you know i said uh, google gets you can get you everything but except yourself and now i'm now i'm going to say thank god google can't get you yourself because yeah. you have to have to disconnect from google to find yourself that's a really good thing yeah. It's a good thing that it can't do that. So how do you do it? Honestly, start with this, the ache in the heart. Everybody feels it. Whenever something doesn't, you know, something ends that was dear to you because you were focused on something outside that will end, some, that thing inside will never end. When your body goes, it will still be okay. And when, you know, so the life energy is formless, never dies, never gets sick. The awareness behind that, never dies, never gets sick. And to me, those, those are, the energy is the master. And the awareness is the creator, is, is, is God. In, in, in physics, they call it the field. And the energy is sunlight or sun, uh, solar energy that goes into plants that goes into molecules stored in the at, in the bonds between atoms we eat those break them down that energy sunlight is re, or sun solar energy is released that's our life that life is unconditionally loving in us running the entire show weighing nothing but running the entire show what i do is i make the time and i do it usually in the morning because when i get up you know, my mind, like last night, I had, I had some really crazy nightmares about something that, you know, kind of a, like a, something's chasing me or, you know, I don't usually have them, but I had one last night. And so when you wake up, your mind has been all over the place. The first thing I like to do is bring my awareness, bring my focus back to myself. And you can do that by breathing. You can do that by just lying still and feeling what what the different parts of your body feel like. 
breathing is usually because breathing is very calming. And also when you're breathing, you, your focus goes out of your head and goes closer into your heart. And then to feel it and then to see how deeply still I can become. First, how still I can become. How deeply still I can become. How long I can stay there. And then just experience what is there. When you begin, you don't see anything. But if you close your eyes in a dark room and you look into the darkness, when you begin, you see nothing. But if you do it long enough, you will actually discover light in that darkness. And you are that light because you're not the body. You know, if I say to you, Tariq, whose body is that? You would probably say it's my body, right? Yeah. You've just told me you're not the body. You've just yeah. told me that you're the owner of the body. Yeah. Because, you know, just like my watch. Whose watch is this? Well, this is my watch. Yes. But I'm not the watch. I'm the owner of the, of the watch. Same with the body. This is my body. I am the owner. Who is the owner? Life is the owner. So that life, that light that I see is the light of life and is my individual essence. If you go into a silent room or you completely close off your ears, so you hear no external sound, then you hear silence and it's really silent, it's really still. But if you go deep enough into that silence, you will hear a sound. That sound is the sound of your life you are that sound. If you, if you lie really still or sit really still and feel, you feel nothing. But if you go deep enough into that emptiness, you will feel love. So, okay. that's, so that's what I do. And then the more, at first, it doesn't seem like much happens. But I think, you I, you, I think you'll find that if you sit still and you do it on a regular basis and not have expectations of what you should feel and how much light you should see or anything, just see how still you can become. You may, when you're finished, I do maybe an hour, but you know, 10 minutes, five minutes, even when you're in the bathroom, you know, whatever, wherever you do it, you might, you might come out of it and say, well, I never felt anything but you might notice that your day goes better. That's, that's my experience. So I would say, oh, I didn't feel anything. Well, I was, what were you supposed to feel? You're, I was trying to be still, <laughs> but in that stillness, I thought something should be happening. Well, that's not stillness. And so when I get to that place, I, my day, I'm more creative, I'm calmer, I, uh, I'm less likely to fly off the handle and especially when I begin to like that feeling, because it's an un awesome feeling. I become more sociable. I feel taken care of. Now I'll do what needs to be done. That's better for business opportunities, because a lot of people, when I, when I was younger, I would, there were a lot of business opportunities that I wouldn't do because I, didn't, I couldn't see how that would take care of me, because I, I was all about getting taken care of. You know, if I, if I feel discontent, I'm always trying to get feeling, it's the driving force. 
I'm trying to get feeling taken care of. Whatever I'll do, whatever I think will do that. But I won't do what I don't think will do that. Now it's, okay, I'm taken care of. It's not about me anymore. What needs to be done? Where can I help? So I've changed from a taker to a giver by this practice because I feel taken care of. Life loves me unconditionally. I feel that love every time now when I sit down, it's become much easier. I've been doing this for almost 50 years. Wow. So at the beginning, I just felt an ache in my heart and I did it because somebody suggested that would be helpful. And I did notice that I became calmer very quickly, I noticed. But it goes deeper and deeper and deeper and I have never seen how deep it goes. I've never seen the end of it. I think this is the only growth industry that will never have a limit, that will never, you know, the environmental in industries, they have a limit. When everything gets destroyed, when all the trees are chopped out, then that's finished. You know, when you go inside, you can go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and feel better and better and better, be clearer and clearer and clearer, be more able to articulate it better and better and better. And there's no end to how deep you can go and how clear you can become and how fulfilled you can be. And then instead of wanting the pain to go away, the pain in my chest to go away, now it's like, okay, I just want more of this good stuff because it is so good. I really like it. I really look forward to the time I get to spend with myself. And then because I feel good, I'm good company too. You know, because I don't always push and pull on people and you should do this and you should do that. And why don't you ever this? And, you know, I used to do that. And now it's like, I'm okay. So whatever you, whatever is, whatever, everything's good. I have the gift. I have the gift, you know, and when you have the gift, everything is okay. Everything starts to roll and you can be active and you be more effective and you'll be more efficient and you won't stumble over your own habits and thoughts and you get more done and at the end of the day you say wow what a day what a good day and at the end of your life you say wow what a good life how incredible and even death becomes fearless i mean you become fearless of the fact that one day your body will wear up it's okay i know where i, I know where i'm going because i go there every day Life, life doesn't end when the body ends. Awareness doesn't end when the body ends. And, and even uh, it, it, like you're saying, it's a practice. It's a daily practice. And yeah, daily practice. It, it, yeah. In our faith, we have something called Morakaba and Dikrullah. And mm -hmm. Morakaba is like uh, contemplating uh, Allah's greatness. And just so sometimes it's like getting into the, the words of it, like Subhanallah. Uh, Allah is perfect or Alhamdulillah, all praise to Allah or Allah Akbar, Allah is great. And so one is to say the words, but to, to feel it, like to, to really yeah. feel the feeling as opposed yeah. to just, just repeating the words, like feel yeah. the feeling of it. Yeah. And that muraqaba is a work. And, and I know when I was doing that work, it, it really felt peaceful in the heart. Mm -hmm. And then when, when that practice starts to go away of that, that internal about that internal connection and and that practice then 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 the other outside becomes the biggest priority and yeah. and then it creates the the imbalances so yeah. udo 
I, I, want, I, I know. Yeah. Go ahead, please. Yeah, I, ahead. I, um, yeah, I make a distinction between memorizing the words and having the feelings, the feeling that inspired the words. You know, I would be asking, uh, you know, it's not my culture, so, but I, I would be asking, what did Muhammad experience out of which came his transmission? What was his experience? And, and I'm the kind of guy who would say, well, I want to have that experience. Because he was a human being, right? He was a prophet, but he was a human being created by Allah. Or maybe I don't know if that's true. I don't know how you, how you think about that. But this is the way I think, I think about it. Gandhi was not special. Gandhi did homework. You know, Mother Teresa, if, if you think she was special, she was doing homework. The masters did their homework. They took the time to get connected to God inside. Because if God is everywhere, God's inside too. So they, they did their homework and most of the dice disciples and the people around them, they didn't do the homework. They just dabbled in it. And and but the but the these people were actually talking about human nature, which you can only do if you're fully present in it, then you can be a really good teacher of human nature, and taught them to also be able to be where they are. You know, and they weren't trying to build empires and they weren't saying, hey, I'm really cool and you're really messed up. No, they just said, kingdom of heaven is within. Right. First, go there and watch your life transform. So, well, Udo, that anyway. was that was uh, fantastic. I really enjoyed our discussion, and I know you'd mentioned that you have an appointment that you have to go on yeah. towards. But I yeah. think we've covered uh, quite a lot, and I really <laughs> appreciate you taking your time out in our friendship. Yeah. I think it actually 13, 14 years now. Uh, it's like 2021, so I think I met you in 2007 for the first time. Yeah. So. Yeah, time goes you know by, what? and I really uh, value our conversations and, yeah. and friendship. And cool. thank you for sharing your your thoughts and wisdom with with our audience. And looking forward to round two, your books, yeah. Fats That Heal, Fats That Kill, Total Sexy yeah. Health, and Udo Soil, available at every health food shop yeah. in, in North America and yeah. in the West. Yeah, udoschoice.com is the way to get to me, U-D-S, U-D-O-S, choice. And then The Udo is the other website. But I'm I'm not hard to find. I'm on Facebook and I got a YouTube channel and I'm on Instagram and lots of and lots of places. But fantastic. Uh, you and, know, and, and we'll have the links in in, in our in our uh, show notes and, yeah, and poster. Perfect. Yeah. And thank you for thank you for the opportunity. And I hope it's been helpful to you and your audience viewers. Absolutely. Thank you, thank you very much, Udo. And we'll talk very soon. All right. Take care. Right. Bye now. Thanks, Terry. Bye bye.